This is Dr. Courtney Tracy, also known as the Truth Doctor. Welcome to Your Unconscious is Showing, a no BS podcast platform created to discuss the underlying truths beneath our daily lives and what and who we think we are. Today's episode is on expectations and how the world around us, society as a whole, our family unit, and our own personal experiences shape the expectations we have for ourselves and everyone in our lives. I'm excited for you to hear it. If you enjoy this episode, please leave a written review. Also, I would appreciate you taking a screenshot of the episode and having you share it with your loved ones on social media and tagging both your unconscious is showing and the period truth period doctor so I know you loved it. The more people who hear these truth messages, the more the world is getting better a little at a time. Enjoy. Welcome to episode three of Your Unconscious is Showing. My name is Dr. Courtney Tracy. I am known on social media as the Truth Doctor. And today I want to talk to you guys about expectations. So the first episode we talked about developmental trauma and how it creates to a degree who we are today, regardless of how old we are. The second episode we talked about criticism and the difference between cruel and destructive criticism and constructive criticism and how we can do an assessment on ourselves and on the people around us and the interactions that we have with one another to determine the intent, the intent of the criticism. Um, and I just recently asked my followers on social media, specifically on my Instagram platform, what they would like to hear from me um, for this episode. And I got a variety of different inquiries. And as I was reading through them, I realized that the root of a lot of the ailments that people were sharing with me um, has to do with expectations expectations of what our family relationships are supposed to be like, expectations of what it's like to have a child, of what it's like to open a business, of what it's like to be in a relationship with someone or love someone and then lose them. Our expectations of life are so important to understand because they're rooted in our belief system and our belief system creates how we view the world and creates whether or not we're satisfied, whether or not we're happy, whether or not life is the way that we desire it to be. So this episode's gonna be about expectations. Where do they come from? How can we manage them? And how do different expectations show up for us in a variety of different areas of our life? And how can we analyze what those are and how they have affected us and where we're at today. So I want to start by talking to you guys about the definition of an expectation. I found two definitions online, um, two di dictionary definitions that I want to share with you. The first definition of an expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or will be the case in the future. And the second definition of an expectation is a belief that someone will or should achieve something. So in both of those definitions of an expectation, it's our belief system. And it's really important to realize that our belief system is curated 
around the things that have happened to us in our life or the things that we want to have happen to us in our life. So they, our beliefs are literally expectations of the way that things are supposed to be. And expectations are rooted in our belief system. And I think that it's also important to point out some key words that are in these definitions. And one of them is will, like it will happen. And that sounds, that sounds definitive to me. And then should, the word should. And later we're gonna get into how simply the way that we define and describe our expectations based on semantics and the words that we use alter whether or not those expectations let us down and whether or not they're flexible and whether or not they're realistically achievable. So first thing to talk about besides the definition of expectations is where do our expectations come from? And in essence, that question is where does our belief system come from? Because we live our lives every day based off of the beliefs that we hold about our life. So where do our expectations and our beliefs come from? Well, first of all, it, they can come from our family of origin. And we're gonna get into at least one study that has to do with the different cultural um, aspects of expectations when it comes to family and emerging adults and success. But our belief system and our expectations are rooted in our family of origin. So our parents and our grandparents um, and our attitudes among our relatives and our siblings. And, and, and I think that, I think it's really important that we realize, I feel like I say that a lot. I think that this is really important, but it is. And learning about the mind is really important and learning about how we can set ourselves free from the expectations that were taken from outside of us and are now internally rooted and that we define our lives and ourselves through, it's important for us to be able to take a look at those things. So our expectations are rooted in our family of origin. When we are growing up, we learn about the world through the expectations and the beliefs of the people around us. So some personal experiences that I have, for example, when I was growing up, there, was, there were a lot of people in my family that would talk about how their life never lived up to what they wanted it to be. And I saw constant struggle often. And now I have a level of resilience that I do think also came from my family of origin. But it's important to realize that sometimes we can see that failed expectation of reality from our family and we can absorb that ourselves. We can absorb the expectation that life is just gonna let us down. We can absorb the expectation and the belief that, that we have to work as hard as we possibly can because the world is not there to support us. The world is not there to help us. And that is an example of one belief and expectation that I accumulated throughout my childhood. But there's lots of other expectations. Like we expect in some family units for the male in a relationship, if it's a male-female relationship, to be the dominant partner, to be the one that makes the money, to be the one that sets the ground rules. And the female in the relationship should be the one who is more maternal and who stays at home and who takes care of the house. Those types of family dynamics are beautiful. 
But when we hold that solid expectation that if things are not that way, then they are corrupt, then they are immoral, then they are evil, then they are whatever we want to put underneath the basis for someone having a family dynamic outside of the typical nuclear family, then that's where we run into issues. It's when our expectations are inflexible, when our expectations are rooted in things that should be a certain way, that will be a certain way, um, that they, they usually can't be met. They are usually unrealistic expectations because life is fluid and everyone is different. And so I want you to think about that. I want you to think for a moment about the expectations that were set in your family. What were the expectations of your life? What were the expectations of life in general? What were the expectations of you compared to your siblings or you compared to your friends, families, children? Think about that and, and reference what parts of your lives did the same types of expectations show up? It's really important that you take a moment to think about that. And then when we move on to society, now society is something that in general, I am not very proud of. And what I mean by that is <laughs> the more that I learn about the mind and the more that I learn about life, I can see that there is such a disconnect between the way that life really is and the way that our minds really work and what society expects of us. And by society, I feel like it's important for me to define that what I'm referencing are the organizations and the governmental structures and the vocational and educational structures that expect us to be a certain way. They expect children to go back to school with new safety protocols from the CDC because of COVID-19 when this is being recorded and to excel academically in the same way that they were prior to all of this happening. Our society expects a single mother to be able to hold her own with multiple children and not experience mental health issues. And if she does experience mental health issues, then she may lose her job and her health insurance may not cover it for a certain degree because they believe that she's not motivated and they expect her to get better faster than she may be. It's, it's these rigid expectations from our family members and these rigid expectations from society and from our own personal experiences. So our expectations come from our family unit and there's really nothing that we can do about that because that is where we are raised. We are first taught about the world from our family. And when we are removed from our family or we lose a family member or we're in the foster care system or we are adopted or we move from different caregivers over time, then that is where personal expectations can come into play. And the fact that if that, let's say that that's the case, let's say that our expectation, we have, now have a personal expectation that family is unreliable and people are always gonna let us down. That expectation is gonna hinder our ability to see things any differently. And also the other way around. Let's say that our family unit was perfect, relatively and subjectively perfect. So we expect that we're, that we're always gonna get what we want in life. Things are always going to work out for us. And 
we're going to enter into the world feeling like we're never going to be let down and we're always going to seem be seen as beautiful and perfect and worthy and when we get into the podcast later about managing expectations you guys will realize that that that's not always the case and it has nothing to do with you if you aren't seen as worthy if you aren't seen as capable if you aren't given everything that you feel like you deserve that it really doesn't have anything to do with you it has to do with society it has to do with family dynamics it has to do with the hard truths about life so where do our expectations come from in summary our expectations which are beliefs about the way that things should be on a personal level interpersonal level societal level world level employment level educational level our expectations are rooted in our family unit or our personal experiences of a lack of a family unit our personal experiences in general and then society so what does what does that teach us right off the bat before we dive into the specific expectations in different areas of our life what it teaches us is that our expectations are not the truth our expectations are our desires and our beliefs for the way that things should be but we live our lives most of the time feeling like our expectations are the truth feeling like our expectations are the way that things should be but we never really ask ourselves where those expectations came from and we never really ask ourselves if our expectations are realistic and will our expectations help us or will they harm us so keep all of that in mind now the first thing that came up was someone asked if i could talk about horrible mother-daughter relationships and I was glad that this came up because it was the first thing the first thing that popped in my head when I was asked to talk about this was my relationship with my mother. I never had expectations, which I found really interesting. I never had expectations for a really long time that my relationship with my mother should be any way other than the way that it was. And that's because that was all I knew. All I knew was my relationship with my mother. We expect a lot from our family and we expect a lot from our children. And when the mother-daughter relationship is tarnished, when the mother-daughter relationship is struggling, we have to take a look at what are the expectations that are being set and why. And sometimes the expectations are rooted in some of the hard truths about life and we'll get into that a little bit as well. But I want to start off by talking about the general expectations of mothers and daughters. As a child, we expect that our mothers are going to love us. We expect that our mothers are going to teach us, that our mothers are going to show us unconditional support and accept us for exactly who we are. As mothers, we expect that our child is going to listen. We expect that our child is going to love us. And when we have a child, we expect things to be a certain way. And a lot of the times, that's not the case. A lot of the times, mothers get to a place where they realize that their child is independent. 
And a lot of the times children get to a place where we realize that our mothers are human. Independent humans will not live up to all of your expectations. Meaning, your mother will never live up to all of your expectations and your children will never live up to all of your expectations. And this applies to fathers as well, but the specific question was about mothers and daughters. So I found two, I found two studies that I wanna share with you guys. And one of them has to look at the cultural differences between what families expect in emerging adults um, in different countries, different nations. So in India and China, just based off of the cultural dynamics there, this study found that emerging adults in Indian and Chinese cultures usually do not see the family's expectations of them as restrictive because the culture has made them so ingrained into life already. So it's important, again, to realize that our expectations that we are putting onto other people and the expectations that we are receiving from others can be rooted in societal culture, can be rooted in generational family dynamics. And how we respond to the expectations that others set for us depend on our susceptibility and our sensitivity and our acceptance of already having expectations set on us as a general cultural preference as a general cultural control. I'm not saying that family dynamics and family expectations in different cultures are better or worse than each other. What the study is implying is that culture plays a role in how much our family's expectations of us feel restrictive or otherwise. They also looked at American society. And I did not read too far into the discussion of this study because um, I don't think that it's necessary because I think it's pretty apparent that if the study is saying that American culture is the opposite of Chinese and Indian cultures, that we can assume that it's because freedom, which we can see in many different ways, can show up as um, restrictive and divisive or it can show up as unitarian and um, connective in our society. Um, but in general, freedom in America can lead to families' expectations of emerging adults to feel restrictive. Emerging adults in the country that I live in want freedom. They want independence. And more and more and more, we are reaching a place in American society where we want independence and freedom from any expectation that we feel takes away from the hard truths of life and the important things that we feel matter, like equality and connection and freedom and accessibility for all human beings who consider this country to be their home. Culture matters. Culture, society, and family play a major role in the expectations that are set for us and the expectations that we set on people and the responses from either side in terms of whether or not we feel we can meet those expectations or whether or not we feel like we should in the first place. Another study that was done by university researchers in Australia, and, and this is relative to family expectations and society's educational expectations. This research found that when looking at early childhood education and the core values in the country of Australia, 
found that the word love was not said once in terms of it being a core value of how teachers and administrators are supposed to treat young children when teaching them how to grow up in the world. The expectations of the people who were providing education to these early children was that they, they meet their developmental skills and they meet all the standard requirements. And whatever is needed to be done to reach those two goals, that's the expectation. What this study implied and what this study discussed was that we need to realize that there needs to be an expectation of love and care when we're treating other human beings, especially young children. I think a lot of the times children are seen as children and not as soon-to-be adults. We value them differently when I don't believe that we should. Our expectation is that they will simply listen. Our expectation is that they will meet our goals, whatever those are, without meeting them where they're at, without providing them love and care. We are so confused when it comes to the expectations of society, of our family, of our children, and of ourselves. We have to ask ourselves, what are our expectations rooted in? Why do we expect a certain thing from a certain person, from a certain organization, from ourselves? Where do our expectations come from? Like here's an example when it comes to families. Let's say that you grew up with a father that always expected you to be successful, always expected you to be the best, to get perfect grades, Let's say that you grew up with a mother that always expected you to look good, that always ridiculed you for your body or for your style because she expected and he expected, they expected their children to be a certain way. If you were to put real love and real care into the mix, then those expectations, they may still be there, but they would be a lot less rigid. There would be a lot more flexibility for the child, for you, to be able to go to your parents and say, I know that you expect this of me, but I'm struggling. Or, I know that you expect this of me, but I feel like I wanna do something different in my life. It would open the room for connection. It would open the room for each person to feel heard, seen, connected, cared for, and understood. But we don't do that. We don't do that a lot of the time. We have an expectation, and when someone doesn't meet it, then we internalize that as either disrespect, or we consider them weak, or we feel like our relationship with them is now tarnished, or we feel like maybe it's not possible for them to even comprehend our expectation, and so we shouldn't keep spending time on it, and we should just take our opinion of them and move along. And that happens a lot. When I see someone asking me to talk about horrible mother-daughter relationships, what comes up for me is a list of questions to inquire about what are the expectations of your mother? What are your mother's expectations of you? Where were those rooted in? And can love and care and understanding allow for a decrease in expectations, an increase in acceptance, and an ability to feel more love for one another. It's really important that we think about those things. 
because horrible relationships, quote unquote, horrible relationships, there are some expectations there. Some expectations that either are not currently being met, some future expectations that we anticipate are not going to be met, or some past expectations that were not met prior that caused an increase in a divide in the relationship. We have to take a look at that. As I've gotten older, I have set some more expectations for my relationship with my parents. Now, there are different types of expectations. There are expectations rooted in desire and belief, and then there are expectations rooted in reality. Sometimes it's good to have expectations that motivate us and want us to create change, and sometimes it's good to have expectations that that are just rooted in, in the current moment, that are just rooted in, in your simple understanding of your past and that the future is undetermined and that the present moment needs to be as comfortable as possible for you to thrive. So my relationship with my parents has been interesting. I feel like I have been raising myself for a long, long time. My expectation of my parents could be, I expect them to change. I expect them to remember more important things about me. I expect my parents to look at all the stuff I'm doing on social media and bring it up in a random conversation with me about how proud they are and how interesting they thought one of my podcast episodes are and, and that they take my mental health courses and grow as humans as my child's grandparents. I, I can't say that I think that those expectations will be met and they probably won't be. So I don't actually expect that from my parents because I just don't know if that's realistic. And what would that bring me? What would them meeting those expectations bring me? It would make me feel seen, it would make me feel heard, it would make me feel understood and it would make me feel like I was contributing to some repair in my family's lives. Now, I have tried to do that time and time again, and it really has not been successful most of the time. So now what are my realistic expectations for my parents? My realistic expectations for my parents is that they will treat me with respect. And what does that look like? That looks like if I set a ground rule with them as grandparents, that they respect that I'm a parent and they follow that. I expect them to love me unconditionally, something that they always have in their own way. And I don't set parameters on what that looks like specifically. And that's something that's really important too. And that's why I'm bringing this up. Sometimes we can have expectations for people and we should have expectations because ex expectations can also be goals, like goals for the relationship, goals for the person that is employed by you, whatever it is. We can set expectations, but we should be flexible with how they meet those expectations. And the expectations should be rooted in the overall goal and not very specific situations. So do I feel like my parents love me? Yes. Do I feel like I should place a limit or a restriction on what that looks like, meaning that they know what college I graduated from and listen to at least one episode of my podcast? No, I've let that go. I do expect them to want to know about my family 
and I expect them to remember my birthday and be their true selves and let me be mine. And I get those things. It's not limiting, it's accepting. It's not limiting what I get in life, it's accepting what I already have and finding the goodness in that. So if you are setting expectations of your family members or if your family members are setting expectations of you, it's really important that you try to think about what is the underlying purpose of these expectations that you're receiving or that you're providing and can you have a conversation with the people who have placed expectations on you or that you have placed expectations on to talk about what are the core values that are contributing to these expectations and why do we feel like these expectations are not being met? Can we reframe the expectation and find a way to make it be met? Can we take a look at the belief system that we hold that's causing these expectations and possibly dismantle any aspect of the belief system that we don't actually align with. Like the expectation that parents have, that my parents have to show up like the other parents that I've seen. If that was my belief, if my belief was, oh, parents are only good parents if they act like this person's parents, that's not giving my parents the flexibility to be who they are and go through what they've gone through and experience the things that I've made them go through too. We have to take a look at our beliefs. So what's my core belief when it comes to my parents? My core belief when it comes to my parents is that I need them, I need to know that they love me. I just need to know that they love me. And it shows up in different ways. It just, it shows up in different ways and we have to be flexible. So do some analysis of the expectations within your family dynamics. What beliefs are they rooted in? Where can you find flexibility? Pay attention and think about it. Now, another question that I received was um, to talk about having a child. Um, and specifically, it was about postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. Now there are a lot of chemical changes that happen during pregnancy and that happen during postpartum. I'm not going to address those on this episode. What I am going to address is the expectations of being a new mother, the expectations of what our life is going to look like when we become a parent, when we have a child and how those things can play into what I was just talking about prior, about the expectations between family dynamics when the child is older and you're basically two adults trying to learn how to function together, expecting one of us to act like a child and one of us to act like a parent when the child is a parent and you know, it gets messy. So here's some story time for you. <laughs> I became a mom um, at the end of October of 2018. It was about a year and a half into me starting two of my first mental health businesses and the father of my child was my high school sweetheart and my husband. We had to do in vitro fertilization um, and I did not have any expectations that that was going to work, but it did. And that's another thing. Sometimes we may want something and we don't need to expect it. Sometimes we should be able to just simply sit with the want. It would be great for us to sometimes be able to just sit with the want and not make it an expectation. T 
tied to us having an emotion one way or the other if that expectation is met or not. So I didn't expect it to work, but it did. And my son Bodhi, his name means awakening and enlightenment, was born at the end of October. Now, I did not expect when I got to the hospital for me to have to go into an emergency C-section. And I did not expect to not be able to hold my child for the first day of his life because he'd be in the NICU. I, I didn't expect that I would have such intense medical complications following the C-section that I would have 50% of my blood leave my body and need two, two blood transfusions. I did not expect that for the first six to eight weeks of being a mother that I would be bed and couch ridden, needing to be moved from one room to the other um, by my father and my husband lifting up a sheet underneath me to move me because I literally could not use any muscles um, in my abdomen, which I realized that you need those to literally move almost in any possible way. And so I didn't expect that. I also didn't expect that once I fully recovered from my medical complications, that my husband would be publicly arrested in front of the entire city and on local news when my child was only 10 weeks old. Um, I did not expect um, a lot of things to happen, but they did. I didn't expect those things to happen, but I did expect, I wanted it to be beautiful. I wanted to feel like a new mom and feel put together and feel this connection with my child. And, and, I, and I just, I didn't. I didn't feel connected to my child for maybe the first six months of his life. And that's, a, that's very hard to say, but it's true. And it's because I was so physically traumatized and so psychologically and emotionally traumatized that I just couldn't connect. And it wasn't that I did not love my son. It was that I was so numb internally that I didn't have the ability to like put, 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 put myself out there and, and connect with another human being. I had, you know, really late nights of like being alone because my husband was away after that happened. He was not incarcerated, but he was away working on his mental health because having a new child is emotional and and it can be traumatic with this huge shift and it can cause depression and it can cause anxiety and it can cause an increase in substance use and so we have to be flexible <laughs> with our expectations and when we are in the middle of the night like i was in the middle of the night trying to breastfeed crying because my child kept getting up and i felt so alone and so lost and and I felt like all of my expectations of being a mother were really damaging my ability to be stable throughout that whole experience. It was so hard to be stable when all I could think about was how I wished it was. How I wished the first year of my life as a mother would be. And it sort of makes me emotional to talk about it, but I can say that just even three months ago, four months ago, talking about this, um, it was much more difficult because I'm still coming out of that. And that's the thing too, when we go through traumatic things and we expect ourselves to be better quickly, then that prevents our healing process as well. 
but going back to being a new mom, going back to postpartum depression and anxiety. No one really tells us how hard it's going to be. And when people do tell us that it's gonna be difficult, we don't really understand just how hard it is truly going to be. I think that it's important that we set realistic expectations for being a mother. And of course, outside of the biochemical and physical changes, um, we have to take a look at our own expectations and how they can get in the way of these new things that we have to experience, right? Like moving forward, when anyone asks me about what it is like to be a parent, I say that it's really important to not have expectations about whether or not you're going to be able to do everything and the type of child that you're going to have and how much support you're really going to get. The expectation for you should be that you show up as your best in whatever that means in the moment. The expectation could be that you show love to your child in whatever way that looks. The expectation should be that the people that understand you will show up and love and support you in whatever that looks like and the way that they're capable of doing that, knowing that they have their own lives as well. And that's the thing too. We really forget that when we place expectations on ourselves and when we place expectations on other people, we forget that they're human. And we get these fantasies and these dreams and these beliefs and these goals of how our relationship is gonna be and, and what this event is going to be like and how our role in this new job or this new business venture or being a mother or a father or you know getting into a new relationship, that it's gonna be one way or another. And it can cause us so much distress. And it can make us feel weak, especially when the people that are on the other end of these relationships expect us to be perfect, expect us to take ridicule or criticism that's cruel or all of the blame or all of the responsibility or to show up constantly, even when we're struggling, that that can get in the way and cause distress also. A lot of the times people only talk about the good parts of being a parent and that really can mess up the expectations. So I provide realistic expectations for anyone that's a new parent. It's that it's not going to be easy. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. You're going to learn a lot about being a parent and try to not expect everything to go right, but also don't expect everything to go wrong. It really is just like I said in the last podcast episode it's acceptance of all things that are possible and aversion to none aversion to none of the things that are possible now of course when I say that what comes up for me is like we obviously don't want abuse and we don't want neglect and we don't want harm and so of course we want to do everything that we can to not let those things happen and then we should expect those things to not happen um but in every other way, we want to be flexible with what we expect and what we believe, what we need from other people and what we need from ourselves and what we want from other people and what we want from ourselves. I think also when it comes to having a child, we have to realize that our family dynamics, our society and our personal expectations, the three things that cause expectations are our personal beliefs, 
our family dynamics and society when it comes to having a child in the united states of america most employers they have a very limited maternal and paternal leave policy what is the first thing that that says it says we expect you to not have any issues when you become a parent we expect you to know exactly how to do it we expect you to not have any emotional psychological or physical distress and we expect you to come back to work and prioritize employment over family you you also have to pay attention to the expectations that are set that aren't, aren't ever really said and how that how those expectations affect the expectations that you have of yourself so let's say that you really respected your place of employment and they gave you six weeks now, if I didn't own my own business and I was only given six weeks to recover and I really, really believed in my company, I would think so negatively about myself that I wasn't even physically healed at six weeks, let alone experience the extreme traumatic experience that I went through standing outside of the street in the middle of the night with the SWAT team and guns pointed at my son, who was 10 weeks old, and my husband, who I had been with for 13 years of my life. I, I would not, I would have judged myself on my inability to show back up at work six weeks, 12 weeks, 10 weeks after experiencing all of these things that I experienced. And that is where we get into how expectations can be damaging. When expectations, just like the research study that took a look at the Australian early educational system for children, when our expectations are not rooted in love and care and understanding of the human condition then it limits humans it limits the ability to love it limits the ability to understand and it's very vital that we take a look at what all of our expectations are of ourselves, and if they're rooted in expectations that society or our family or our place of work has placed on us and when those when those outside expectations are not rooted in compassion and understanding of us as a human being then we have the potential to lose compassion and understanding for ourselves as human beings there is such a lack of love and care and understanding and compassion and empathy and connection in so many different relationships i have another example when it comes to expectations and when it comes to starting something new so i have a few businesses and one of them had some business partners that i just recently separated from and these are beautiful human beings and I had expectations that if I put forth X amount of effort in a variety of different ways, that I would receive X amount of effort in a variety of different ways in return. That didn't end up happening in a high percentage of situations that I encountered throughout the first three years of one of my businesses. And that brings me to a really good point. When we have unrealistic expectations then this can lead to premeditated resentment when we have unrealistic expectations then this can lead to premeditated resentment now because i understand that and because i understand the unconscious and because i understand why people do the things that they do whether or not they understand why they do that or maybe there's a denial of parts of themselves that they don't really want to take a look at 
Um, like I just am so aware of that that I don't have premeditated resentments. I have, I know, you know, I had some expectations initially and those were quickly dissolved because I just knew what to expect. And so instead of continuing to set expectations, over time I just sort of allowed things to happen the way that they were. And I don't hold resentment because I feel like I know why things happen the way that they happen. And that's what I said in the first episode of this podcast. I said, you know, whether we all like it or not, our unconscious is showing. And I can see the unconscious of so many people around me. And so I, I get a smile on my face because I just know, you know, I feel like I know what people try to hide. And I feel like I know why people do some of the shit that they do. And it's sad and it's fine. It's fine also. And, but I think that that comes with some self-confidence. And so I think it's important, like let's say, like you're starting something new. Like let's say that you're starting a new friendship, for example, and like kind of take the business aspect out of it. You're start, you have a new friendship or a new relationship with someone in a romantic fashion. We really have to take a look at the expectations. Where do they come from? Sometimes they can be good expectations. Sometimes they can be bad expectations. And we have to take a look at the belief system behind those expectations. So we have a new friend and let's look at this in both ways. Let's do a relationship actually. So we have a new relationship and all of our past relationships have been tumultuous and violent and one-sided and potentially narcissistic and made us feel really bad about ourselves. Our expectation can be one of two things. It can either be, and, and, or it can be that, that we have realistic expectations, but let's take a look at some unrealistic expectations. One of them is that, oh, this new relationship is gonna be exactly the same. We're gonna be treated really poorly and abusively, but that's just the way that things are. We expect that every relationship that we go into is going to treat us poorly. Or the other way around. Finally, this time, this person's gonna treat me with respect. Finally, this time, I'm gonna be seen, I'm, there's gonna be equal control, there's gonna be love there, and it's going to last forever. Those are both unrealistic expectations. They're rooted in cognitive distortions of black and white thinking that things are either going to be one way or another way. And again, they are rigid and they're inflexible. And this causes a lot of distress for ourselves when we feel like our expectations are not being met. But what's really getting in the way is not that this person is either doing this thing or that thing wrong or not meeting our expectations in one way or another. It's that our belief system is limiting flexibility and our belief system is limiting our understanding that our mind is playing a major role in whether or not we feel fulfilled in our life. Because where did that belief come from? And if our belief that someone's gonna be perfect for us or that someone's gonna hurt us is rooted in pain, or, or if we have no idea what it's rooted in because we haven't ever taken some self-reflection and some introspection to figure out what it's rooted in, then we're gonna be lost. And we're gonna keep going through the same patterns over and over and over again. We unconsciously create expectations on ourselves and on our world that are usually rooted in pain and discomfort because we expect that the things that are gonna happen that we're gonna do in our life and the things that other people are gonna do in our life are supposed to make us safe. 
And so we either anticipate pain so we can prevent it, or we anticipate nothing but safety and we don't realize that there needs to be some flexibility for both because the world is not stable. The world is not comfortable. It's just not, it's ever changing. And we really have to get used to accepting that to a degree, you know? So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about how limiting rigid and inflexible expectations that are rooted in historical context without our own subjective experiences or that are rooted in our subjective experiences without any flexibility for change can cause us distress, can cause us to have horrible mother-daughter relationships, can cause us to feel bad about ourselves because we're experiencing postpartum depression and anxiety. And there's another aspect of expectations and someone else asked me to talk about grief grief i think grief is necessary and i have about five videos on my igtvs that go over grief that i released in early 2020 january i believe so grief i think is important i really do think that it's important i think that grief teaches us for example like if we lose someone or we lose our job or we lose a relationship or someone actually passes away that grief teaches us that things are impermanent. And I feel like we forget that a lot. We forget that everything is impermanent. Everything is impermanent. Everything's constantly changing. Like our cells regenerate every seven years. And if you marry someone, it either lasts forever or it doesn't. And I don't think, and, and there's so many expectations that come along with marriage. And when we love someone, we expect, you know, even if it's a family member, we don't realize that our time is short with them. We don't realize that it's gonna come to an end at some point. And I think what happens a lot of the time with grief is that we forget that time is limited. And we don't make the choices necessarily that we would make if we remembered that time was limited. Like I just saw this podcast episode that popped up on my newsfeed on my Instagram scroll and it said, the, the person asked, how are your, both of your parents still alive? And the person said, yes. And he said, well, how often do you see your parents? And he said, about, about two times a year. And he said, well, how much longer do you feel like your parents are gonna be alive since they're in their 70s? And the guy said, I don't know, I feel like I probably have about five more years with my parents. now." Think about the perspective of that. That feels like a significant amount of time if you've already had, if they're in their late 70s, you can feel like, okay, five years, that's like, you know, I'm gonna do, that's a good time to spend with them. Now the guy said, but wait a minute. If you have five more years left with your parents and you see them twice a year, that means that you only have 10 more experiences, 10 more times where you get to meet your parents. And it's important to think about that. It's important to think about, the like to hold, not the expectation that time's gonna go on forever, but the expectation that it's not. And that is one of the hard truths of life. It's that it's not gonna go on forever. And so if you think about that, you may wanna spend more time with your parents. You may wanna go see them every 60 days. You may wanna go see them every other month because you know that time is not forever. And grief, can allow us to come to that realization or we can come to that realization before we have to experience such immense grief like regret.
because we've lost something. I also think it's important to realize that we expect our relationships and our employment to make us feel fulfilled. That is one of the major expectations in life that cause a significant amount of issues. We can't expect everything to be perfect. We can't expect that our fulfillment is gonna come from the outside. We can't expect that our relationships are gonna last forever. We can't expect that we're gonna always be our best and that other people are always gonna do what it is that we think that they should, must, or will do. We have to remember that. Now, sometimes expectations are a good thing, and I think that this is a really interesting study to share with you guys. It is the study that developed what is now called as the Pygmalion Effect. Now, what does this mean? This was done by Robert Rosenthal, who was a Harvard psychologist, and he took a look at, he, so what he did was he gave, he had teachers give children an IQ test. And he told the teachers either that the children were gonna do a good job or that the children were not gonna do a good job. And the tests determined the outcome of these, right? So the tests was a regular IQ test, but the teachers weren't told that. And so the teachers expected that the kids were going to do well on these tests. Now the kids whose teachers expected that they were going to do well on the tests did better on the tests. So what does that imply? What that implies is that sometimes when we have set expectations for others, it helps them meet those expectations. If we believe that they can meet those expectations, then they believe them or then they can meet them. And I feel like that that's really important. But this is also what's really important is when the teachers were told that the test was going to make these students do well, then it didn't have the same effect. It has to be a real motivation. It has to be a real belief that the person is going to do well in this thing. Not just that we are allowing ourselves to believe it because we think it's gonna help them. We actually have to believe it. It can't be fake. And so that is a huge part also of any relationship that we're in and the expectations that we set. If we're setting expectations because we're resentful, if we're setting expectations because it's just simply what we want and we don't really believe that the person's gonna be able to meet those expectations, then we really need to take a step back and think about, is this actually going to lead to what I want or not? And that's where it comes in when I'm talking about the expectations that I have set for my parents. I expect them to make me feel loved and understood. I don't expect them to do it in ways where I've known for 30 years now, now that they're just not gonna do it like that. We have to be flexible. We have to look realistically at what we do believe someone can do and what we don't believe someone can do. And we have to release expectations of, of what someone is capable of. And that really applies to you too. Know yourself accept yourself release the expectations that you have on yourself to be someone different to be better than you are in that moment and, and and then set realistic expectations for yourself like i will get better slowly over time and i will do the best i can today and don't set such rigid guidelines of what that has to look like like for example I just looked over and saw that I have a book in front of me that I've been reading. Here's a very simple way to describe a realistic 
expectation that's flexible versus a rigid expectation that's inflexible. I have about three more chapters to read in that book. A flexible, realistic goal and expectation would be, I'm gonna read some of that book today. And inflexible, rigid expectation would be, I'm going to finish that book. I'm gonna read all of it. Or I'm gonna read three chapters, four chapters. And yes, it's important, especially in like the therapeutic context to set time-oriented measurable goals, but make sure that they're realistic. So maybe in order to boost yourself up with some motivation, some self-esteem, some confidence, some ability to show yourself that you can do the things that you wanna do or that other people will do the things that you want them to do, is you'll say, I will read one chapter, even if you wanna read two, because you know that in the moment you have energy for one, and maybe you'll go on to two. We have to have our expectations be rooted in reality. We have to have our expectations also be rooted in hard truths, the hard truths of life. But first let's talk about how we can manage our expectations. And this obviously goes into making them flexible, appropriate, and achievable. They should be achievable. So here's a list of ways that you can review the expectations that you have of yourself and the expectations that you have of other people. The first one is, are the expectations age appropriate, right? If we expect a 13 year old that's going through hormonal changes to not be emotional, the expectation's probably not going to be met. And if you make that expectation be met, then you're probably causing them significant psychological damage that they're gonna have to deal with for decades of their life. Make sure that the expectations are age appropriate. Also make sure that the expectations are emotionally appropriate. And so let's take the context of you. If you have this long list of things to do and you're a new mother and you're going through postpartum anxiety and depression, you should consider your emotions. You should consider love and care for yourself so that you can set realistic expectations for yourself, right? And then gender and cultural appropriateness. So we can't expect someone who is ingrained in a certain culture to automatically assimilate to a different type of culture. We cannot automatically, you know, like let's say someone is someone adheres to the typical gender role of being a male and being masculine. We can't we can't expect them to automatically open up and be emotionally vulnerable because it's just not a prior expectation that they've set for themselves or that the world has set for them or that their family dynamics or the society around them has set for them. We have to make sure that it's appropriate based on the human being that is sitting in front of us or the human being that lies within us. And then individually appropriate. And that sort of encompasses all of those things. Please take into perspective that you are a human. Please take into perspective that when you set expectations for yourself that you need to be like someone else or achieve what someone else has achieved, that it's just not individually appropriate. You are your own person. And your mother, for example, is her own person. She's probably never going to be the type of mother that you so desire. She's probably never going to be like those other mothers because she's her own person. And we really have to learn again to look at our expectations 
and the beliefs that they are rooted in and where those beliefs came from, the expectations that we have on ourselves, the expectations that we have on the people around us, and know when we have a right to be concerned about our expectations not being met. But we should make sure that our expectations are flexible. We should be sure that we give people an opportunity to meet our expectations in their own individual way. And if we set flexible expectations, if we set expectations with love and care, and then they're not met, then you have to set boundaries and you have to make decisions where you can put yourself first. And you have to make decisions that ensure the safety, the containment, the growth, the connection, the care, and the respect of yourself, your family, and everyone around you. And that's something that I've learned more recently than later on. Um, we have to accept people for who they are and what they can and cannot do. And we have to accept when they are capable of being a good human being in all fashions or not. And whether or not you can trust their words, whether or not you believe them, whether or not they're stable, you have to know how to do that analysis for yourself. And you'll learn it over time. But if you automatically jump to someone being unstable or incapable, because you have rigid and flexible expectations, then you're not only doing yourself a disservice, but you're also doing that person a disservice. So make sure that you do a review. Now here are some of the hard truths about life that I wrote down that are important for you to remember when you are reviewing your expectations about life, yourself, and the people around you. The first one is, we are not societally healthy, okay? Our society is sick. It just is. Now, when someone is sick, like let's say when the physical body is sick, it doesn't mean that the entire body is sick. But when you say that you're sick, there are certain parts of your body that are not functioning. We have to acknowledge that we are societally sick right now. Our educational system does not teach us about the emotional things that we need to be taught. It doesn't teach us about how to really take care of our body and our mind, how to really connect with people interpersonally. Our vocational system and our employment system in most countries does not give flexibility to accept that the family is important, that love and care and connection and empathy and support and understanding is important, okay? So we really have to understand that if we expect our parents to love us at all times and never get upset and never get mad, that it's just probably not going to happen, especially if they're a single mom that's working multiple jobs that never learned how to take care of herself emotionally or physically, and that is struggling. We just can't set that expectation. We have to know that we are societally sick and that there are so many different areas of life that contribute to the expectations that we set for ourselves and our world and our families to not be met. We have to get realistic, okay? We just have to. And we have to think about what are the different ways, like what do I expect? And what are the different ways that I can get those expectations met? And let me look at my expectations of myself and others and see and make sure that they're rooted in care and love. See and make sure that how am I helping these people reach the expectations that I've set for them or am I just expecting them to do it? 
that would probably be the case if there was no love, care, compassion, understanding, or connection between you and whatever it is that you're setting an expectation on, even if that expectation is on yourself. Also, we don't prioritize the things that are important in our lives. And that's just simply because, again, society expects us to prioritize making money and having a good job as the first things that we should be doing. Not that we should have a really beautiful balance between loving ourselves, loving our family, and finding something that we're passionate about that will pay us enough money to enjoy our life, not just get stuck in multiple jobs to make ends meet because we don't really feel supported by ourselves, our family, or the society around us. So the first two, we are societally sick and we don't prioritize the things that are important because we're not taught how to do that. We're just not taught how to do that. And then everything is impermanent. We really have to accept that everything is constantly changing. We really have to accept that everything is impermanent. That's gonna do a few things. It's gonna allow us to set realistic expectations and it's also going to allow us to live our lives with more freedom, flexibility, love, and care because we know that eventually everything's gonna come to an end in whatever way that that looks like, in whatever way that that looks like. And then time doesn't stop and time is relative. So if we expect something to be done in five days or one day, or we expect us to have achieved a career or have three kids and be married by 35 or whatever it is, we expect things that are not achievable or that are not typically seen to occur in most people, then that's gonna allow us to feel disappointed as well. And so that's when it comes to the fact that time doesn't stop and it's relative and also everyone is different. We have to learn to accept people for the way that they are if they have proven time and time and time and time and time and time again that they're not gonna change. And maybe it's because they're selfish. Maybe it's because they have a bigger ego than they think. Maybe it's because they're in pain. Maybe it's because they're afraid even when they say that they're not. See the unconscious motives of your expectations. See the unconscious belief systems that cause your expectations. See the unconscious reasons why, or the conscious reasons why, people can meet your expectations or not. Make sure that the expectations that you set for yourself, and the expectations that you set on other people, and the expectations that you set on the world are rooted in the hard truths about life, and love, and care. And then you can't make everyone happy and you can't be happy all the time. So just know that, know that, know that everything's gonna be okay if it's not perfect. Know that a lot of the expectations that you have for yourself and for everyone around you may not be as flexible as they need to be, may not be rooted in love and care, may not be rooted in the hard truths of life. So take a look at your quote-unquote horrible relationships when it comes to your belief system and the expectations that you've set. Take a look at how you feel about yourself, being a new mother and going through postpartum depression and anxiety. Take a look at your expectations and see what they're rooted in when it comes to grief and loss. And take a moment to forgive yourself for everything that you have expected from other people where those expectations may have been rooted in unrealistic beliefs and unrealistic unattainable goals and just say, I'm sorry that I didn't have this introspective capability before. 
I have it now and I'm ready to release the pain and the disrespect that I have carried around for so long that has led to, like I said, premeditated resentment because they were unrealistic expectations. And I didn't realize that until now. And to me, that sounds like self-compassion. And to me, that sounds like compassion for others. So as much as some of the things that people do piss me off because they're disrespectful or they break a contract or they're just appear to be rooted in, in selflessness or selfishness or unsafe decisions, I have to let it go because it's not my responsibility to set expectations for people that I don't believe that they can meet. And it's not yours either. So do some reflection, learn about yourself, learn about your expectations, learn about the people around you and your life and try to see if you can release and find some freedom. Find some freedom from your expectations. Find some freedom in life because you deserve it. So what do I expect from you guys after listening to this episode? I expect you to just do some reflection in whatever way that looks like for you. Just reflect on your life. I expect you to accept yourself in however long that takes you to accept yourself and to accept your past expectations in whatever way. And I also expect some of you to not do that because everything is relative, everything is subjective, and everybody interprets life from their own lens. So I hope that this was helpful, this solo conversation on expectation. And I have some news for you. In the last episode, I stated that I would have my first four or five episodes of this podcast be solo. And then I would start bringing on groundbreaking guests. I have found the first guest that I would like to bring on Your Unconscious is Showing. She is incredible. Many of you may know who she is. Um, you likely do know who she is. And if you don't, you soon will. She has a movie coming out at the end of September. It just went through a world premiere. And I am so honored to have her as the first guest on this podcast. As soon as we have clearance from her publicist, I will be letting you guys know exactly who it is. And I will start to gather some questions from you guys that we can answer when we are filming. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope it lived up to your expectations as long as they were flexible with love and care and compassion, understanding and connection and empathy. Um, and I hope that you guys have a great next two weeks until I talk to you again. Thank you and have a great day.